2: Hello everybody and welcome back for week number two, the Saturday edition of the NFL preseason. I'm going to be your host today, Sean, PSU fans to Newsom.
1: Joining me is Chris Gemino. Chris, how is it going on this lovely Saturday? Couldn't be worse than last night, so I'm ready to get get back at it tonight and try to get uh, get a little bit of a refund from a couple of bad decisions yesterday. That is true. I've definitely
2: given back since uh, week one when I got a great boost into the hall of fame game i think the thing is for me is so far in this preseason we keep having these spots that are incredibly like shallow spots and we're hammering those spots but the person that is producing is the the chalk one like last night for the rams the guy that produced was mccutcheon and everyone played mccutcheon whereas like trammell acres jacob harris all had really good opportunities to produce as well, but it just all went to McCutcheon. So that's
1: what I've noticed thus far in the preseason. And it's been difficult sort of to make up for that. It's a tight balancing act for sure. Like you definitely don't want to just totally avoid these guys. You know, at the end of the day, the reason that they're the top plays is because they're projected for the top opportunity. And it's hard to undo that when you don't need that much production to even be a good play in preseason DFS. So we'll talk about that as the show goes on, but yeah, it definitely isn't good uh, when you know, Romeo Dube scores a one-yard touchdown instead of Tyler Goodson uh, at significantly higher ownership than you would have liked.
2: That is actually a very true fact. Uh, all right, guys, before we get started, NFL Premium is on sale right now. You guys can get a premium NFL subscription today at an exclusive discount. Uh, you can get, get it for $299.99 for the annual NFL subscription, and that will take you from the wonderful preseason – All the way through the entire regular season. Uh, You can lock this price in right now. So you can find the link in the Roto Grinders homepage. If you guys haven't already purchased your subscription for this NFL season. All right, we're going to get into we have a five game slate tonight. Uh, If anyone has any questions, make sure you ask them in chat. We'll try to get to them as well and make sure you smash the like button as well on the video. All right, first game up tonight, Chris, we have the Las Vegas Raiders versus the Miami Dolphins so looking at the Raiders game we're not really expecting the starters to go at quarterback but when you look at it it's pretty much a similar expectation to what we saw in week number one from them so at quarterback we have Stidham Mullins and Garbers they're probably all three going to play based on what we've seen this far I think we have better options does any of them really stick out at all for you here
1: no and I would say in general because of the number of Raiders that you can't exclusively rule out from playing. I'm not really on too many of them at all. I mean, even the wide receivers, which is where you're going to find my exposure in this game, I'm still looking at this list and thinking to myself, well, Dylan Stoner's back. It's going to be difficult for me to, like, love any of the Raiders, but especially not going to be on the quarterback when we can get some more consolidated opportunities elsewhere.
2: Yep, I totally agree. I mean, looking at the running back situation, we have a bunch of guys that just split a bunch of snaps. Um, Bryn Brown did get a lot more of the work than other guys in week one. However – You still have four or five guys at least, and that is with other guys that could possibly play as well. Uh, Looking at the receivers, what do you see here from the Raiders receiving core?
1: Well, I mean, you see guys like Tyron Johnson, who is competing for a roster spot, playing 80% of snaps, and you have to love that. Keelan Cole, not necessarily as close to the bubble. I mean, you could make a case that he's on the bubble, but probably going to make this team. So it's really those guys that are fighting for that spot, the competition that I'm looking at as guys I'm interested in, you know, I mentioned Dylan Stoner. Stoner, if he's gonna, I'm not gonna play Dylan Stoner because I don't really know what his situation is. Is played 45 percent of snaps last week. Who's in that competition for those spots? So those are the three guys that I would say would have the most merit. And because I don't know what Stoner, uh, you know, what Dylan Stoner's status actually is, it's going to be mostly Tyron Johnson for me.
2: Yeah, I will say so. Justin Hall and Chris Lacy barely played last week. I think we can pretty much rule them out for much playing time. And then we don't expect Adams or Renfro to play. So if you remove those guys, it does narrow it down a little bit. Uh, For me, Tyron Johnson is definitely the guy that I like the most. He has some big top end speed. He can really go down and catch like a 50, 60 yard home run. So I will say that he is of sort of interest to me. uh, But also, like you said, Keelan Cole is of interest to me as well looking at the tight ends here for the Raiders your boy Jesper Horstad played 30% of the snaps last week was a little bit banged up did return do you like any of the tight ends for me none of these guys are really threats to catch a lot of balls here
1: no uh I'm, it's not quite as bad as last time we were on this show where we had a tight end that you had to play but there's a tight end on this slate that I am exceptionally interested in uh for a couple of reasons that is not on this team so if he's not Named that particular player, I'm not going to be quite as high on him on this particular slate.
2: For sure. All right, moving over to that of the Miami Dolphins. So last week with the Dolphins, we saw Skylar Thompson play every single snap. Do you think there's any possibility Skylar Thompson plays every snap tonight? And if he does, would he be your first quarterback on the list tonight?
1: Well, I mean, we're still watching Tweet Deck to see if the you know Tua is even going to play. I mean, we don't we, we wouldn't really expect with joint practices that for them to be playing either Tua or Teddy very much at all in this game. You know, Teddy didn't even play last week. Uh, I would say that there's a really good chance you're going to see a ton of Skylar Thompson. I think we're just waiting for for a little bit of pregame news. I think we'll probably get it, but we're certainly still waiting on that. And before I start to get too excited about anything here, but it would be Skylar Thompson, and he was. He was an excellent play last week, and he'll be an excellent play this week if he's going to be in line for most of the snaps.
2: Yeah, and looking
1: at this, I think
2: we know Skylar Thompson will play a good amount anyways, and with his mobility, he's an option no matter what. Um, If he does get 100% of snaps like last week, he's definitely my favorite quarterback. However, there are some other okay options as well, so it makes it a little bit trickier from that perspective. Um, Running backs, I'm going to keep it short on the running back department. uh, Pass. Do you see anything differently with the running backs?
1: No. No, there's too many guys here.
2: Yeah, too many guys. Like We we saw last week just so many snaps split between like seven guys. That's just not a spot that I want to talk about or look into really at all. All right, in the receivers, we did see some receivers see a bit more of a snap count last week. The issue is, is even if you remove Waddle and Hill, we probably have eight guys. It's probably a bit too thick for me to really worry about. However, we did see Sanu as a comma, Braylon Sanders get some uh, back-end run last week, and they did have it. The issue is, is Skyler is not the best passer. If you're playing Skyler, you're playing him because of his mobility. So is there any receivers that stand out to you at all here?
1: No, once again, I can not I can cross off at best two, and we haven't even actually crossed off those two yet. So it's, it's just really a wait-and-see game to see if there's any kind of pregame news that would tighten this up a little bit. But otherwise, the situation just isn't exceptionally appealing.
2: Yeah, definitely. All right, moving to tight end. Um, again, Seathan Carter played a significant amount last week. Uh, he was not productive. Tanner Conner actually was productive last week, but he is unlikely to play, so I won't really look there. Uh, if you really do need to dig in, I think Gesicki could be an option if he plays. The issue is uh, I think there's a realistic outcome here that would lead to Gesicki not playing. All right, moving on to the next game, we have Pittsburgh-Jacksonville. So looking at the Steelers here, I think Kenny Pickett's going to play a chunk of the game. The issue is, for me, we know Trubisky's going to start. We know Rudolph is going to relieve Pickett. If those two things happen, that limits what Pickett can play because these other guys are in play. I don't think Oladoken's going to play at all, but those other guys are going to eat into some of Pickett's snaps. Is Pickett in play for you at all with the other quarterbacks we have on the slate?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it depends. I you know, I think you said earlier you thought that maybe Rudolph would come in second. I thought I saw that Pickett would come in second. Pickett, and yeah, uh,
2: and so Trubisky's gonna start, Pickett's
1: gonna come in second, and then Rudolph will relieve Pickett at the end. So if Pickett's coming in second, I think I would like him. And then you would certainly put him in play with Pickens at that point in time because you would imagine that Pickens would play pretty early in the game if he doesn't play right out of the gate. Uh the problem that I that I have here with with Pickett is that they're like you said, there is some ability for the other guys to trim off his playing time. So if he isn't highly efficient in his available drives, it could certainly lead to some downside. But also with the kind of players that he's going to be going out there with, there is some definite upside for efficiency. So I I would say that I'm interested in Pickett, although he's not my favorite quarterback.
2: Definitely. All right, moving on to the running backs. I know you are a big Benny Snell fan, and you have some thoughts here in the Pittsburgh uh, running backs. So what do you think with Pittsburgh tonight?
1: Well, Benny Stell stinks, so even if he plays, you're not playing him. Uh, it, you know, McFarland looked pretty good, but he didn't play that much. You know Jalen Warren is the guy that everyone's gonna be on uh, because of what he was doing in, in both in camp and last week. Uh, I just I just have some problems here with, you know, they signed Max Borgie. There's no guarantee that he plays even a snap, but just having, you know five guys that you can't immediately cross off the list, means that you know there's some chance that Warren's 40% is like a ceiling for him right like there's you know there's no way we're going to see him play half the game i mean most guys aren't going to play half the game so you could definitely get there with Warren he's just not someone that i'm going out of my skin to get like i was last week
2: yeah so i definitely liked him better last week like you said borgie coming in doesn't necessarily mean borgie's going to get tons of run but that definitely indicates to me a little bit that warren sort of established himself on the team and there is a possibility that they like warren enough and they have moved him ahead of benny Snell Therefore, Warren could be limited a little bit here. Uh, moving into the receivers, people are going to play George Pickens. Uh, it's going to be very heavy George Pickens fest tonight. I think he's an okay play. Uh, Talent-wise, he's very talented. If they do run starters uh, at all, like he could play a little bit with starters and with the backups. The issue is here is looking at this list, we have 10 guys that can play, only can roll out Calvin Austin, which luckily we can rule him out this week, unlike last week. But Pickens for me is a okay play. The issue is, I think his ownership makes him not as good of a GPP play as other options. What's your thoughts on George Pickens?
1: Well, he's a monster. I mean, the guy just looks abusive out there. He looks like he's ready to absolutely dominate. But at the same time, you know, at the kind of ownership that one would expect there. I mean, on a five-game slate, I mean, it would be fair to say that, like, it could get over 30%, uh, if it's certainly over 25%. And that's just not exactly what we're looking for in a kind of volatile format like preseason NFL where there's just not any other wide receivers to really consider and he could easily just go out there and put up like a three for 30 line and then you're not really getting anywhere with that if he doesn't score so bottom line is that there's definitely some risk on pickings but you have to love the talent so I can't cross them off
2: for sure uh tight ends
1: we have Connor
2: Hayward Jay Sternberg. they played a decent amount last week the issue is if we see Fryermuth and Gentry uh it would lock into a little bit. I think I saw something that Gentry might be out, but I haven't seen anything in regards to Uh What's your thoughts on the tight ends here in Pittsburgh?
1: Yeah, I mean, certainly Connor Hayward, who played a bunch of snaps last week, is someone that you could keep on your list. Uh, it's not – I've not traditionally been in love with the tight end position for Pittsburgh, especially not in preseason where you're going to see multiple guys. It's just not a situation where I, I want to rely on that role in the offense. That, you know, there's probably – kind of expect that, um, you know, they they have a pretty decent size blocking role in store for a lot of these guys. So it's not pure pass catching all, all day long. I don't, I don't know what you know about Connor Hayward, but he's just not, he's not the first guy on my list, but I don't think you can cross him off when he's playing, you know, close to half the snaps.
2: Yeah. So for those not familiar with Connor Hayward, um, he was a running back at Michigan State for a portion of his career. So like this is a guy that at least is likely to be involved in the pass game when he's on the field. Um, So I definitely think that you can use him to some extent. All right, moving over to the Jaguars. So the overall view on the Jags are the starters are expected to play somewhere in the one to two quarter range. Um, The issue is, so I'm going to talk about quarterbacks first with Trevor Lawrence. If you're only getting 1.25 to one and a half, 1.75 quarters, that is not going to cut it on this slate at quarterback. Um, People are going to play him because they are like, well, he's playing a little bit, so I'm going to play him, but it just doesn't really cut
1: it at the
2: quarterback spot. Do you agree with that in regards to Lawrence?
1: Sure. I mean, you're begging for efficiency, right? Like you're begging, you're begging for at least one scoring drive. If you get one scoring drive in in which he's either the runner or the thrower of a touchdown pass, then you're not going to get buried by playing Trevor Lawrence. But at the same time, there's some guys on the slate who could actually absolutely bury even an efficient, 1.25 to 1.75 quarters based on what you were talking about before they're going to play three quarters you know like huge portions of the game so i mean that's your risk when you go with someone like trevor lawrence you're basically betting against everyone else and on efficiency for lawrence yeah and
2: even so is like you're talking about an efficient game for lawrence he has a couple touchdowns 120 yards i don't know if that will cut it on a slate like this where we do have some decent quarterback options however moving over to the running back situation I do think Travis Etienne's in play. If we see Travis Etienne get 20 to 30 snaps with his talent and his speed and his receiving ability, I think Etienne totally has the ability to end up in an optimal lineup and do a lot better. Because what,
1: what, what are you calling him? Etienne? Is it, yeah, is it, is it Etienne? ETN? I have no idea. Like, I, that's why I hear everyone says his name. I thought like maybe you used something. I mean, I'm I'm realistically, I, so here's the thing you'll get a kick out of I have hated him
2: forever. Except yeah, for his senior year tell. at Clemson. Because, so this is how it worked in college football, DFS. Clemson would be like a 50-point favorite. And Eddie N was like capped out at getting like eight touches. So you basically just had to fade Eddie N ripping off like four touchdowns from 80 yards on eight touches. And like half the time he would get it and you would just sit there baffled at how people are playing him and you just get buried. Except for his senior, or his last season, I think it was his junior year, it wasn't senior but he actually got used his, his uh, junior year, like where he was like 20, 25 touches compared to like the 10 touches he would get against random team that was terrible. But, uh, but yeah, I think he's totally in play here. I think that he can produce on a more efficient level here and actually be warranting of utilization. Do you agree with that on Eddie?
1: Yeah. Whatever you want to call him, you can call him a guy who's going to get a bunch of targets. I mean, I mean, just, the problem is, like, everyone's slobbering over this guy, like, industry-wide. Like, they just cannot get enough of the speculation that he's going to be, you know, definitely a, a fantastic pro. It will translate right from college. We really haven't seen it, but the evidence is on tape that this could be the case, and I'm not dis- disregarding that whatsoever. So you've got a you know, a guy who's definitely going to be involved in the passing game, which you have to like uh, as a potential player who's not going to play the longest run of anyone who's going to be out there, but he's certainly the most talented player who's going to get decent run tonight.
2: Yeah, talent-wise for Etienne, I will say that his talent is pretty fantastic. Um, But durability long-term, I'm not sure where we would be looking at with him. Uh, I don't know if he can take a NFL type of 2025 type volume take the hits, but we'll have to wait and see on that. Uh, Looking at the receivers, so we did see Marvin Jones and Zay Jones play quite a bit. Um, I'm not really super interested in them. I'm not interested in the back-end guys like Willie Johnson uh, at all. The guy that is most interested in, to me here is Jeff Cotton Jr. But I'm again, I'm not like the most interested in this team as a whole.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say that Cotton's going to play a lot after some of these main guys are, are, are out of there. But the problem is it looks like Chanel isn't necessarily someone you can cross off just based on what I was reading earlier today. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I didn't definitely confirm that Agnew is someone who could enter the game. So with, without being able to cross off a lot of names, I mean, that 67% starts to shrink in a hurry. And then you're just, you know, you're talking about getting that with, with who? With C.J. Beathard and E.J. Perry. So that's, that's a problem for me with Jeff Cotton. But I do believe that he's going to play enough to be at least viable. Yeah, I agree.
2: Uh, moving on to the tight end, that could be another position here that does have some ability to produce with uh, a low snap count. That's Evan Ingram. Um, with him playing 16 snaps last week, I definitely would expect 20-25 here, based on what we've heard, uh, which would make him a totally viable tight end play. Uh, any of the other tight ends you like uh, on top of him?
1: Absolutely not. I mean, I'm I'm not even sure I like Kevin Ingram here. I just I just can't do it with, uh, you know, with with the goat on the slate. Yeah, it's definitely a situation where. I'm not sure I like
2: Ingram either. However, tight end is definitely a position where like, hey, you go out there and catch three balls 30 yards, you totally could be in play. All right, moving over to the San Francisco 49ers against the Minnesota Vikings. So we know Trey Lance is not going to play here. Uh, We should see a full game of Nate Sudfeld and Brock Purdy. That is not necessarily going to be super Purdy, if I say so myself. Um, so I'm a little worried here for San Francisco's efficiency in this game overall. Do you think either of these quarterbacks are options for you?
1: I'm not going to play the quarterbacks. No, but I am I'm so interested in this team as sort of an anti-fragile approach uh, option for this game. I think there's two ways to play San Francisco tonight. There's the straight up way where there's a couple of options and there's a way where you could say, well, this game is their week, you know, their week quote unquote week four from, from the old days where they're going to play Trey Lance next week. They haven't come out and expressly stated that's what they're going to do, so it's a little bit of speculation. But I'm I'm going to probably have some lines where I play it both ways, where I play some of the deeper down the the roster guys expecting that they might, in some percentage of the outcomes, use this game as an evaluation game.
2: Yeah, and if they do do that, which we do think it's possible leading into the running backs, Jordan Mason saw 17% of the snaps in week one. It could be a situation with Trey Sermon banged up that uh, Mason could be a guy that gets a lot of extended run as is a good GPP play. But looking at this, if Sermon doesn't play, which we we'll are probably... When we say expected to play like he was banged up this week, it's hard to expect someone to play when we know they're banged up. So it's a situation where... I think with Sermon possibly out you could be down to three guys. We could totally see some back and run with Jordan Mason. Why don't you talk a little bit about him because I know he was someone you liked heading into the show.
1: Yeah. So so certainly the thing that I like about him is that the coaches and and the beat writers have been talking about him in camp. And athletically speaking if if you pop open his his player profile, he's got a pretty good uh, you know, profile about him there. So it it, it sort of matches uh, you know, what I would expect. It's not the best, but it's certainly not someone who just absolutely couldn't get it done. But the, the idea here is that, you know, everyone's probably going to play or at least look at uh Tyrion Davis price. And I think that that's the straight up way to play it. Right. That's, and that's a totally fair way to play this slate. If you think, you know, for under the exact same logic, he could be the guy that gets the evaluation snaps in this game. And he could be the one that's totally running, you know, running off the board, you know, but they've done this with Jermichael hasty and Jeff Wilson before, like they kind of know who these guys are. I, I think, Mason and Tyrion Davis-Price are the guys that they don't really know about. Uh, Sermon, you know, is a guy who's been getting the first team reps in camp, or at least he did this week. They've been switching guys around. So if he's, like, not 100%, even if he is available to play, I still like those two backs the most. And the straight-up guys, Davis-Price, and the sort of long-shot YOLO is Jordan Mason. Definitely.
2: Uh, moving into the receivers. So Danny Gray, we saw catch a bomb last week. Uh, he's actually a big PSU fans to favorite. I uh, love Danny Gray. think he's really talented and I was happy to see him catch a bomb. He did get a little bit banged up last week. We believe he's good to go, but we'll have to watch that status. Um, in terms of the receivers, I don't love anything per se. Uh, there's a couple guys like Marcus Johnson, Malik Turner, Austin Mack that like you can use and sort of throw darts at, but I don't really love this team From a receiving options, is there anyone that really stands
1: out to you? Nobody stands out. I mean, like you said, Gray and and Marcus Johnson are the guys that I'll I'll toy with the idea of getting some exposure to here. Uh, But realistically, it's not like backflip season for the San Francisco wide receivers. But then again, you look across the slate at wide receiver and nobody is. So I may end up getting some. For sure. All right, moving into the
2: tight end situation. So let me just state that Tanner the Goat Hudson will be heavily owned tonight. Um, I do think he's a great play. Uh, We've seen this guy produce in the preseason for what feels like an eternity, Um, and it was no different last week when he was able to catch a touchdown. I will say, however, that in the past, when Tanner Hudson has absolutely smashed, his team was very shallow at tight end. He got a lot of snaps. As you see last week, he did not get a heaping pile of snaps. He did get enough that he is still viable because he is a receiving option when he plays. So is that the tight end that you're in love with tonight?
1: It is, but it's it's not... Necessarily speaking, the, the straight up way to play this would be the way you're saying is like, well, don't get too crazy about Hudson, right? He didn't play a ton of snaps last week. But if you go to what I was saying earlier, well, okay, what if this is an evaluation game? What if, what if Dwelly and Croft aren't out there quite as much this particular week? Then you've got Hudson and Fumagalli as guys who you might be interested in as you know playing a good portion of this game. If again, if that's what they are doing, and we have no idea if that's the case, I'm purely speculating on that. But the bottom line is. He's got some relative measure of safety in the sense that if he is out there for 30% of the snaps, you can feel confident he won't get a goose egg most of the time. But on the, you know, I guess, like you said, the ownership's going to be there. So I probably won't hit the lock button on him, but I am very interested in him. I think there's once again, huge upside with him. For sure. All right, moving
2: over to Minnesota. Uh, we believe we're going to get a half a quarterback from Sean Mannion and a half a quarterback from Kellen Mond. I will say that getting a half from each of them is not the same. Uh, Kellen Mond is a lot more mobile of an option than Sean Mannion, so I think you can play Kellen Mond and hope that he breaks off a run. Uh, do you think Mond is an option at all in GPP?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a small slice of Kellen Mond. I do think for the reasons that you're saying, there's some potential for a half of really efficient rushing uh, production that could be had there, and certainly there's there's enough guys that I see here that could yield some production in terms of the passing game that I would be interested in doing that, but uh, he's not going to be my first choice, but he's definitely uh, someone I'm not crossing off immediately. For sure. Uh, The running back situation. So I actually think that this could get shallow.
2: So Dalvin cook, we think is unlikely to play. I think there's a possibility Alex Madison does not play. These teams did have joint practices this week. So I think we could see Madison also sit down. Ty Chandler rolled his ankle yet or the other day as well we haven't really heard whether or not he will be active, but like, I think there's a possibility that Bryant Kobach gets like fed in this game. Um, are we there yet? No,
1: but do you like Bryant Kobach at all as a little bit more of a deeper end option? I mean, I would certainly be all over Kobach if Chandler is definitely out, right? Because I think I saw somebody report that they're you know, he's not ruled out with this particular ailment and that he was, that he's decently good to go here in this game. But, you know, and of course, Ty Chandler would be, if he wasn't banged up, would be the guy that I would be all over just based on what he was able to do in practice and in the games. But uh, Kobach, definitely a guy I would be on before Kine, uh, simply because I just don't know how much they really want to run Kine into the dirt during preseason. For sure. All right, receivers here. Uh, We see a list that is a little
2: bit more shallow than it looks uh, at first glance. So you have four guys that you can rule out. So we only have seven that are running. Did it surprise you at all that Smith Marset and Olabisi Johnson
1: played as much as they did in Week One? I mean, I wouldn't say I was shocked by it, but BC Johnson's a guy who's been here for a little while. You know, again, cer- certainly a new situation here, but the then yeah, the number of snaps did kind of surprise me on him. Smith Marset, I would have expected to play a lot. Even you know, I just kind of surprised he didn't you know do anything last preseason when he was uh, coming out. I think this year, you know, this is a situation where he could redeem himself and be in a useful option. He's he's certainly someone I'm not going to cross out of the player pool here. He's very athletic, uh, someone that I viewed as having high upside in the league in general. He's certainly been outplayed by KJ Osborne for any kind of meaningful playing time in the regular season for this year. But that means that he's not someone that necessarily would sit out again tonight. He definitely needs some experience. All right, moving to the tight end position. We did see some snaps
2: for Ben Ellison and Zach Davidson last week. However, these are not really your most uh, active pass-catching guys. So looking at this list, uh, without Irv Smith, like we still have four or five guys. No one really here interests me at all, even with the snaps. All right, moving to Tampa Bay. So this is a question that I have for you. Based on what we saw in week one, do you see pretty much the exact same breakdown from week one into this week? with basically Trask playing most of the whole game?
1: I mean, I have no information that would lead me to believe that it wouldn't be Kyle Trask getting a huge portion of this game. But certainly, you know, there's outs for Ryan Ryan Griffin to show up in the game. Pro- probably not. I mean, it almost certainly is Trask's game to play. But uh, yeah, I would just note that I'm not going to be going all in on Kyle Trask because there's definitely some risk. For sure. All right, the running
2: backs here. So for me, this is the best running back situation we have on the slate. Uh, Gio Bernard is questionable. If he does play, it would knock it down a little bit, but I still like it more than most of these other options. As you see here, there's only 51% of snaps accounted for. That's because they've cut players and they have injuries on guys that played in week one. So those snaps have to get distributed elsewhere within this group, and this group is very thin. Um, I think Keyshawn Vaughn and Rashad White are both fantastic. They're both going to be high-owned in cash and GPPs, and I think it's warranted. Uh, Patrick Laird was just signed this week. I think he'll get some back-end uh, halfback dives up the gut at the end of the game. But I think White and Vaughn are the best running back options on the slate. What's your thoughts here with Tampa Bay's backfield?
1: Yeah, so uh... – you're gonna see Keyshawn Vaughn get the first crack. I'm not. I'm not sure if White would play at all with the first unit or not. The quote-unquote first unit that goes out there anyway. The that would leave him playing a little bit deeper into the game with with his skill set. I would definitely like. So I'm. I would lean just pure skill basis to heavier exposure to White. However, the ownership I think will probably follow that. So uh, either way, I'm gonna play both of these guys. I'm gonna play both pretty considerably, and it's because they really don't have an option to not play at least one of them for a good amount of the game. Definitely. Um, Moving on to the receivers, like we do have quite a few guys that are out here. We
2: have six guys that likely are out. Looking at the receiving core, I think this is a great spot to get GPP darts and just toss them, right? Like I almost won a GPP last week with Jarrett Stearns. As you see between Darden, Scotty Miller, Grayson, Vincent Smith, Stearns, Geiger, and Tompkins, they all played very close to the same amount of snaps last week. So I think this is a great spot. 30 to 40% is a is a decent spot in, in, on this play in terms of receivers. And you're going to be able to get guys like, I think I had Stearns last week at like 0.5%. So you could totally play a guy like this. Like Devin Tompkins, for example, in college, dude would just rip eighty-yard touchdowns week in, week out. Uh, so I think that this is a good GPP dart spot for Tampa at receiver. Do you like anyone that, or have anyone that stands out to you?
1: Oh yeah, I'm still waiting for the time where I watch Jalen Darden play and I dislike what I see. I, I mean, love this that. guy. I think he's, you know, I think he might be better than Russell Gage. I don't know if that's a hot take or not, but I mean, I certainly don't like Russell Gage at all, and I do like Jalen Darden. So, however they however those two stack up, I do think that he's the best player that's going to be out there among this group, and he certainly looks like a guy who's going to be out there as much as anybody else. So, you know, he caught a touchdown last week. Sign me up again. Uh, the ownership. Could be a problem a little bit there, but I don't think it's going to be high enough for me to worry about it. Yeah. How excited would you be, Chris,
2: if I told you Darden got like 15 to 20 targets a game in college and people would not play him?
1: I mean, honestly, whatever happened in college, like I'm I'm excited to know that he's he's used to it. But at the end of the day, I just I'm just looking for him to be out there enough to get some production here in preseason and get, get some cash in the bankroll.
2: There you go. All right, moving on to tight end. Uh, The only one here that's of interest to me is Kate Auden. Uh, He did catch a few balls. Actually, J.J. Halland is interesting as well. I believe Halland had like four targets last week. Um, They're not great, but some of these tight ends you have to consider, at least. Would you agree, Chris?
1: I mean, you have to play somebody. So, I mean, Auden's on my list for sure. Uh, Prospect profile, decent enough. And they're just basically, you know, they're basically going, I don't think they're going to run Bright or Rudolph for any particular period of this game. Buck Howard is, you know, and also ran. I don't think they're legitimately considering him for the roster. So ultimately, it's going to be Otten for me of this group. Yeah, for sure. All right, moving over to Tennessee.
2: So here's probably the most confusing part of the night and unknowns. So Malik Willis has the best mobility of all the quarterbacks on the slate. If Malik Willis plays a half, which we're pretty much guaranteed we're getting a half out of Malik Willis, he's up there near the top end range. I think there's possibilities that Malik Willis can play three, three and a half quarters in certain situations where the game plays out. What do you think Willis' realistic range is here in this game? Well, can you tell me,
1: can I get a half, right? You're definitely getting a half. If you're giving me a half, based, I mean, we know the coaches don't want him to run. But I don't think that's going to be a realistic option, right? I mean, there's probably for some portion of his run, there's going to be linemen who aren't very good out there. So ultimately, he's and receivers especially who aren't very good. So ultimately, plays are going to break down. He's going to take off. And we like that rushing production. We saw what it can do for a team last week. I think there's a high floor here, certainly a high ceiling. So if we can get a half, I'm comfortable enough playing Malik Willis. If we can get upside for more, even better.
2: Yeah, I will say so. I don't understand why they're worried about him rushing. Would you agree? Because we have a situation where they have a legit locked in starting quarterback, and the backup, Logan Woodside, in that situation where Willis gets hurt, is a very established guy for that team. So to me, them like sort of like reeling in Willis and being and telling him to like, I feel like anytime coaches tell athletic quarterbacks that like to take off to not do that, it kills those quarterbacks. Do you agree with that?
1: It certainly doesn't help them. Like, I mean, I I mean, I think if you're in this day and age in the NFL, coaches should be getting accustomed to the idea that this is going to be part of a guy's game, at least while he's young. So while he's got the talent and mobility, I don't think they should be wasting that. We see what it's done for Josh Allen. We see what it's done for Lamar Jackson, MVP of the league. Malik Willis, nowhere near those guys just yet. But in preseason play, he might as well be. So go ahead and just sign me up for a bunch of Malik Willis tonight. Ownership will be there. I don't care. For sure. Before we go
2: to the running backs, we actually got a bit of news here. Uh, The Dolphins, the only player not expected to play that is relevant is Jalen Waddell. Uh, The back end guys are still normal there, but there is indication that Tua will start in this game. I don't expect very much of Tua, so I still think Skyler is a good play, but Skyler was like the one quarterback that had upside to play the whole game, and that appears to be gone. Um, So that's something to note them. All right, moving into the running backs here for Tennessee, you talked a little bit about Don Charles Hilliard and not really expecting him to be available much to, to carry a load. So do you want to talk about what you think that would have as an impact on these rest of these guys?
1: So I'm not so sure he's not going to play at all. But what I would say is that when you look at this team and how their performances are going in camp, I mean... Derrick Henry is not playing for obvious reasons. He's the one who's going to get most of the work in the regular season. Don Hilliard is almost for sure the guy who's going to be the number two based on what he was able to do last year for the team and what he's been doing in camp. So there's not a ton of reasons to get him out there for a significant portion of snaps. We got some run last week. That's great. Uh, Are we going to see him for a bunch tonight? I doubt it. So I do think that Haskins and Julius Chestnut are going to split, split the majority of the work here. And therefore, both of these guys are exceptionally viable for me. I do like Haskins. Uh, based on his profile, a little bit better. But I do think that either one of them is fine to play uh, tonight. And I wouldn't necessarily say that you couldn't play both of them, even though I probably won't.
2: True. We actually have gotten a list of guys that will not play for the 49ers as well. Uh, Basically, the guys we expected, the only name that wasn't fully expected was Jeff Wilson. It looks like Jeff Wilson will not play tonight for the 49ers either.
1: That's good. Um, all right, moving okay, in. Hey, wait, before you before you go on, I think I'm looking at a list for the Vikings as well. Uh, long list of Vikings not playing tonight. Cousins, Cook, uh, Peterson, Dantzler, Osborne, Jefferson, Thielen, Smith. Well, I'm not going to read this whole list, but it looks like there's – Chisina is going to be out. There's quite a few guys that are going to be on the offensive side that are sitting out tonight. We'll have to dissect that, but it does look like there's something that we're going to need to update here for Minnesota, and it looks like good news. Uh, for the secondary skill position players that we were expecting before, Smith, Marset, and the likes.
2: Yeah, quick look at all this stuff, which again, uh, we'll be updating this after the show here. Uh, But looking at these lists, I don't think there's much to impact. The only thing I will say, so Minnesota, Alex Madison is not on that list. So Alex Madison is likely to play, which does knock down the running backs for them a little bit. All right, receiving options for uh, Tennessee, Traylon Burks, is questionable. He's been limited in practice. In my opinion, that would make him unlikely to play, but who knows? They did not play Kyle Phillips or Racy McMath much in week one. What do you really expect
1: here from the Tennessee receiving corps? I would think that if Kyle Phillips didn't play much in week one, that is a good sign for Kyle Phillips' inclusion on the final roster. So that is almost like getting the starter treatment in my estimation. They played him on special teams, I think, That was probably a good idea to get him work there. But, I mean, that's my perception of how that would would play out based on what this roster is and how he had performed in camp up to that point. So I wouldn't have a high confidence that we'll see a ton of Kyle Phillips again if they're worried about trying to get him to the regular season healthy. Uh, Burks, you know, did end up playing, which is interesting. (laughs) I don't know what that says about Burks, but it certainly doesn't say good things. And now he's banged up. So uh, the bottom line is, the, none of these guys are standing out to me as plays. Uh, there's just no no way you can cross out enough of them to get there. I will say the the only thing
2: I I will notice here right is we have ten guys we're expecting to knock out a few of them. There's a situation where if we think Phillips and McMath aren't going to play, and then you have Hollister, Roberson, Kinsey, Burks and stuff not available, or you have like one person available, God. you could see a lot of run on Des Fitzpatrick and Terry Goodwin. God.
1: Don't make me play Des Fitzpatrick. I,
2: I, I'm not saying I would necessarily love playing Des Fitzpatrick, but there are paths here to where Des Fitzpatrick and Terry Goodwin play, or Terry Godwin play a boatload of snaps. Uh, moving see on to it. the tight end situation here, I'll keep it short here. It's basically uh, Okonkwo. Okonkwo is at least enough of a receiving option at 37 to 40% of the snaps. Like, I think you can play Oconquo here um, for the Titans. All right, last game of the night, we have Dallas and the Chargers. Uh, looking at the Dallas quarterback situation. So we expect the same thing as last week with like Cooper Rush and Danucci. However, Will Greer is back uh, at practice this week. That quarterback situation is just not anything I'm looking to touch. Is there anyone that you like there? Nope. Let's talk about the running backs. All right, on to the running backs. Uh, so we have three running backs. It is very clearly going to be three running backs, unless we get word that Zeke and Pollard are going to play, which even if we do, I can't expect it very much, um, with these guys having play joint practices this week. My personal favorite of the group is Malik Davis. He's a very good and established receiving back out of Florida. He caught the ball really well in college. Uh, so that, for me, is the preferred running back. I think Sh- uh, Champlin is a great option as well. As you see, they split it very evenly we could see a bit more Dowdell or we could see less Dowdell here. So like, I think he's the clear third for me. What's your thoughts on the running backs here?
1: I think we're going to see those two guys, Davis and Shamplin, and uh, rotating like they were towards the end of the last game quite a bit for, for, for this game as well. So I think you'll see probably a pretty even split between the two. Davis had four targets, uh, hauled in a bunch of them, padded his stat line. So I do like him the best as well, but I will be playing both of these guys. These are two of my favorite options on the whole slate. I just don't see any way that they aren't on the field a ton. I think the risk is very limited here and the upside is there because the Chargers are going to sit a ton of their best players.
2: I agree. The only other running back situation I think is very close to this is that of Tampa Bay. I think these are the two best running back situations by a pretty clear margin as well. All right, on to the receivers. uh, We do see a couple guys that are unlikely to play. However, it's still just a very deep uh, situation. Tolbert and Fahoko played a lot the the previous weeks. TJ Basher is like a massive man. So, like, I think that those guys are options. Any of the receivers really stand out for you?
1: Yeah, tournaments. Fehoko. I, I think he'll play a bunch again tonight. And I do think that because of his potential to uh, be a red zone target for him, you know, the, the, to haul in a touchdown, uh, this is a situation where I don't think the ownership is going to be tremendous on Fehoko. I think people will gravitate to Tolbert a little bit more. So, if my instincts on ownership are correct, Fehoko is a good GPP play. Yeah, definitely. Uh, moving on to the tight end. So I really like Peyton Hendershot. There is a possibility
2: that more of these other guys play and they could be options as well. But Hendershot is a pass catching tight end. And if he's playing, he's going to be active in the pass game. Do you like Hendershot at all here? Or not really.
1: Yeah, I do. I mean, I'm not really sure what Jake Ferguson role was going to be. I, didn't, I couldn't cross him off the list. There was a point in time, I think last week he didn't play. But I would say that Hendershot is certainly in play. If you're interested in there, you know, there's no great tight ends this week. So if you're saying that his past catching skills are, are something to be desired, then I would certainly trust your instincts on that.
2: Yeah, definitely. All
1: right. Moving over to the last
2: team of the night, we have the chargers. Um, I, we do not expect Justin Herbert to play. We saw chase Daniel and Easton Stick split a decent amount last week. I will say Easton stick is mobile. If, there's a situation where Easton Stick gets a half, which is going to probably happen here. Easton Stick does have the ability to run a bit. Um, the issue is I'm not sure that it matches up with that of like other guys like Willis and Trask and uh, Skylar Thompson in terms of upside and mobility. Because some of these other guys also have mobility and have possibilities to play more snaps. Do you like Stick at all or are you not really interested here in the quarterback situation?
1: The problem is I just I get worried about this team the same way that I get worried about the Rams is because like, yeah, they're going to play consolidated work chair, but also they're going to be playing with really lower caliber NFL, you know, like sub NFL cal- caliber guys for most of the game. So it's not a, a tremendous situation for me, especially since stick's going to be the second quarterback in. So I, I'm not that interested. I can see it. If you want to go there.
2: Yep. I totally agree. Uh, running back situation. I'm not interested in anyone. Uh,
1: it's too full for me. Is there anyone that stands out to you at all? If you're gonna take a shot, take a shot on Spiller because he's the guy they probably know the least about with the most to gain. But it's yeah, it's not the best spot. No, and I have I did read quite a bit that they're like trying out like four guys for like the,
2: the running back two and three spots. So like it's just gonna be a lot of guys that are gonna to get touches. Kevin Marks probably is not the one I would target, um, but the the rest of them are worthwhile. All right, moving on to the receiving core. Joe Reed played a boatload of snaps last week. He was sick but did return to practice, so he should be good to go. And something to note is Michael Bandy had 10 targets in week one, which Mm. is just a massive uh, amount. Looking at the top end, we don't expect much of Allen or Williams. We expect them to be out. Um, And it was clear in week one that they want to see Joe Reed and they want to see Michael Bandy. I think we see a lot more of that tonight, and I like these two receivers a, a lot. Do you agree?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's no guarantee that like Palmer, Guyton, and Carter have to be out there for any particular period of time. I mean, these are guys that are going to be on the roster for sure. So these other guys are all fighting for, at best, one spot, if there even is a spot for them on this roster. So they're basically eating snaps. They don't believe in playing their guys in the, pre- in the preseason. So you definitely do want to try to find somebody here tonight. I have some mild concern that Jason Moore is available. I saw him at practice. I don't know that he's definitely ruled – are made available but he's certainly someone that i'm just you know i'm con- concerned could eat into those snaps but at the end of the day if i also believe that any one of palmer guyton or carter could just not play at all i'm not that worried about it and i'm interested very much in michael bandy
2: definitely all right looking at the tight ends uh, i'm gonna pass uh also note sage Surratt has been playing tight end as well which again goes to the receiving core being a little bit lighter uh Surratt has been playing more tight end than he has been Playing receiver. All right, everyone, that's going to wrap it up for us here. Uh, quick breakdown uh, on positions. Uh, for me, the top option, the quarterback are probably Malik Willis, followed by Skylar Thompson and Kyle Trask in some order. Uh, but with the unlikelihood that Thompson plays the full game, I think I would rather go with Willis's rushing upside. Any other tight or any other quarterbacks that you like more than that?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm going to play Kellen Mond too. Definitely.
2: Yeah, I will. I would play Mond as well. Um, he does have mobility as well. and Plus, especially to get the goal line, Mond was notorious in college for getting those one-yard rushing touchdowns. Uh, the running backs, um, you can talk about the running backs. I think we both know what running back situation you and I like best.
1: Yeah, you want to go Tampa Bay, uh, R- Rashad White a- and uh, Keyshawn Vaughn. You want to go Tennessee, Haskins uh, alongside Julius Chestnut. You want to go Dallas, Malik Davis and Champlin. Uh, Those are the best spots on the night. If you want to throw in uh, Jalen Warren, uh, Travis Etienne, Brian Kobach, be my guests, And you'll see me out there like a fish playing some Jordan Mason as well. There you go. All right, moving to the receivers. Uh, Bandy
2: and Joe Reed are definitely my favorite options. I think that there are some great dart throws to be made in Tampa. Uh, any other receivers that stand out to you tonight?
1: God, not really. I mean, the, I mean, certainly the two Dallas guys I mentioned, Hoko and Tolbert, okay. Uh, you want to play the Tampa Bay guys, Darden, uh, you know, and really any of those guys, Miller, Johnson, be my guest. George Pickens is a baller. You can play him. Uh, and you know, I guess uh there's some just like straight up gambles out there. Uh, Amir Smith, Marset, Marcus Johnson, Jeff Cotton, uh anyone on the radio. Tyron Johnson. Love Tyron Johnson. I should have mentioned him a little bit sooner. You know, Danny Gray, and then uh, that that's pretty much it. I mean, there's just not a lot to love at receiver today, to be honest. Yep. Tight
2: ends, uh, Tanner the good Hudson's gonna be used. I like uh shot a bit as a more deeper end, a tight end option. you got to play someone. We don't really love anyone either. Uh, going into the defense, I'm not going to go d- defense by defense here, but realistically look at what the other starting quarterbacks are going to be. You're looking for a mobile guy that is really air prone that could make a lot of errors, or you're looking for situations where you think they're going to throw the ball. So, like, for example, Tampa Bay is probably going to let Kyle Trask throw the ball quite a bit because they want to see what they have out of him, which could lead to interceptions and some issues. Uh, anyone defensively that you want to talk about here?
1: I think the Cowboys are interesting. <laughs> I think you're going to see some some pretty uh, low-end you know, players being out there for the Chargers, so there's certainly a chance that the Cowboys could get it done. For sure. All right, everyone, that's going to wrap it up for us today. I'll be back with a short video tomorrow to go
2: over the two-game slate at night. Good luck to everyone. We hope you guys have a great Saturday night.